G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. During a time of economic crisis that some uh, of us are facing already, the economic crisis is here, you don't have to wait for it at all. But for many more, it's likely to come upon us very soon. Things are going to bite harder. It's easy to lose our sense of purpose and even our sense of personal value if we're wrapped up in our career or in our possessions. And when the things that make us who we are are stripped away, what are we left with? Well, another opportunity today to explore ways that we can keep each other safe in this time of rapid change. And for those who feel distant from God it may be a more difficult thing to remain strong. So we'll talk about deepening those elements of our relationship to God to make us strong. There is a wonderful saying from the Bible in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 4 and verse 12, that says, Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. And a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Well, today, an application of that wisdom to our marriages, to our families, and perhaps even to our workplaces. When one partner in a marriage or in a family is struggling, how might the presence of God and the support of a stronger partner or a good friend help us when we feel anxious or fearful or depressed in these difficult times? These are the things we'll talk about over this next hour with Dr. John Warlow an adult child and family psychiatrist, and he's the developer of what's known as the Christian Wholeness Framework. His passion is Christian wholeness, taking the whole gospel to the whole person. So, Dr. John Warlow, a special welcome back to 2020. Lovely to be with you, Neil, at this time, and what an amazing introduction you've just given. (laughs) Well, John, I suspect that some people will be doing it tough right now, and others who are listening into our conversation will will experience things getting tougher when the reality of the economic crisis begins to bite, because this is what I tend to be hearing in the media, and no doubt you do too. What are your thoughts for the fact that things are getting tougher and we are going to come under more pressure? Look, I'm not an expert, Neil, on all the economic things, but I think it uh, really behoves us well to prepare for what people are saying, which is that things are going to get tougher. And we do need to look realistically at that, because if we cannot prepare, uh, then we're going to be in danger ourselves. Uh, Oftentimes, the sort of preparation you're hearing about watching the mainstream media is perhaps something to do with your employer, uh, you know, trying to shore up your job or trying to keep things right when it comes to relationship with your employer because you hope you have a job or it could even be along the lines of uh, you know getting your financial affairs in order and being prepared for the shaking and for the shock that might come say at the end of September but we're taking this into a different dimension here and this is one that's not so easy to talk about because what we're talking about is really what makes us human 
what are your thoughts around this dimension being separate to the sorts of things that you might talk about in, in a mainstream media conversation? I think uh, us being human um, and seeing ourselves in a God-centered, holistic way is going to really help us to go through this time. Uh, Why? Because any part of us can struggle, but also any part of us can grow. And we are made up of different parts. We have a social circle, as it were, on the outside, going right deeper into the, yeah, we've got a physical part, and that might struggle as well with health or even in terms of what we do or don't do. Um, And then um, deeper than that is our mind. And to be able to re-strengthen our mind, prepare our mind, uh, renew our mind at this time, get ready, getting ready for uh, such times as we're entering into, is going to be really important. And deeper than that is our heart, is really how we see ourselves, our sense of self, and the most central part of that are us, uh, our, our humanity is that God-centered part, that spirit part, where for Christians, Jesus lives there through his spirit, uh, which is just such an advantage which we have. Wow. So beyond this idea of the social and the physical, we've got these issues of the mind and then that spiritual part of us, because we'll often hear people talking about you know, uh, body, mind and spirit. And sometimes we think that's just a theoretical way of describing our humanness. But there is a certain sense here in which this is where that mind and that spiritual capacities that we have needs to remain strong because if other things are happening that are giving us a jolt, if those two dimensions are not strong, then we're in all sorts of trouble. I think so, Neil. And as we look at our, the whole of ourselves, um, uh, which is so important and so godly, uh, then we're going to be much better equipped. I mean, the whole, the the great commandment, Mark twelve thirty thirty one talks about us being whole. I mean, God made us, you know, that we love him with all our heart, soul, mind, strength, and we love others. In other words, our social life, whether that be work, whether that be home, whether that be church and friends uh, as ourselves. And that is just such an amazing description, in my view, of Christian wholeness. John, I mentioned in the introduction, uh, out of the Bible book of Ecclesiastes, uh, which you know we would consider to be full of wisdom, uh, that verse there in Ecclesiastes 4 verse 12, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. So when we uh, unpack that sort of scripture and images that might come to mind. Uh, what are, what's in your mind as you think about that scripture? In, for, for myself, the biggest message here is we not only do we not have to do it alone, we can't do it alone, firstly. Secondly, and then just in the verses before that, um, there is a, a synergy uh, when we when we are with another person, and um, it, it says there that I'm just bringing it up as we're talking. I should have it already open, but here we go. This is the old New Living Translation. Two people can accomplish more 
than twice as much as one. Uh, or the NRV says two people are better than one. And just not doing alone, having one other person um, is so, so important. But then, as you say, in, um, in verse 12, it says three are even better. And this is the power of the triangle meal. Okay, let's stay with the three for a moment here because oftentimes in church life you'll hear this talked about in the context of when we're talking about marriages where you've got husband, wife and then bringing God into the picture. Is this wisdom that we're seeing from Ecclesiastes only about a spiritual dimension or is it really talking uh, about you know three people in a relationship here that can keep each other strong? Um, the place I tend to use this triangle um, is indeed oneself, another person, and that other person can be a friend, it can be someone at work, it, but and it can be someone at church. Um, often we think of it um, as our spouse, our partner um, uh, as well. And the, the third person, in fact, the first person there is God. And it's that triangle which we, we over the uh, 30 years of the development of Christian wholeness framework, we have seen it as being crucial for change. Okay. When we think of the extra dimension here of God in the picture uh, around the relationships that we might have as we're on this journey and going through tough times, another story just comes to mind even as you're sharing that. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, and they were thrown into the fiery furnace. Uh, so there was three of them together. And no doubt uh, the three friends strengthened one another. But when they were in the fiery furnace uh, from a distance looking in, uh, you could see there that there was an extra person. Uh, is there a certain sense here in which when we understand God in the relationships that we have together is a little bit like that extra person helping us go through whatever trial might come? That That is absolutely correct, Neil, and I find that is in my role as a psychiatrist. When people can access God, um, that just adds so much strength, and it really echoes with that song which has come out recently, There is Another in the Fire standing next to me and to know even when we're going through the valley of the shadow even when we're going through the heat of the furnace there is another one who will not leave us and that just provides so much strength it changes the whole picture Access to God, John. As some listening will be very experienced in this. They know how to access God. It's through uh, it developing a, a strong prayer life or becoming someone who is able to immerse in the Scriptures and get an understanding of what God's purpose and what His relationship is to us. Others might be listening to our conversation going, how do you access this God you're talking about? What are your thoughts for those who are on the periphery wondering what it is that Christians talk about, this strength in finding God? How do you think people can discover some level of access to God who might be thinking right now, times are getting tough and I need to hear what you've got to say? For me, the way I access God, Neil, is to actually uh, just receive 
uh, who he is and what he says. And for the for, for those who are coming to Christ now for the first time, it's as simple as A B C. Uh, just to admit that you're at, that you need God, uh, that you are you're a sinner without Him. Uh, secondly, is to believe in Him that He is uh, um, there for you, that he loves you, and he wants to be central in your life. And then thirdly is to change, um, is to actually choose and to change, to say, Jesus, come into my life, and just to receive him. And that uh, results in a U-turn of direction. Um, And in terms of, hey, look, just like as simple as when you see those U-turns on the road, it's just to do that U-turn. In fact, if you're in the car now, just for the fun of if you see a U-turn ahead of you, just why don't you do it? Uh, partly a joke, but um, hey, there's the the power then of actually changing. And as myself, as a Christian now, I do it in a very similar way, is accessing God, like even now, Neil, for this time here, it is firstly so good doing it with you. Um, but there is a triangle here, Neil, with us. There's you, there's me, uh, there's God. And for me, accessing God right now is, as it were, it, and I imagine myself falling at the foot of the cross, I just see him as being central in my life. And I have open hands and bended knees um, in those contexts. And I receive the reality that he is with me. And so the accessing is not uh, striving, or, but it's just resting and abiding. Um, in his presence of who he says I am, and then living from there, at least for a few seconds or a few minutes until I do have to go back again (laughs) and just abide in him, yeah. And before we go to a break, John, the idea that in a marriage or in a family, you might have some who are strong and some who are weak when it comes to being able to access God and to understand the strength that our faith brings, that hope that we have in Christ and the ability to be able to face the tough times. So you've got a mix, haven't you, within a family. Some will be strong, some will be weak. Uh, This idea of being strong for the ones who are weak, this is going to be an important time, I I suspect, as, as economic times deepen. What are your thoughts? Absolutely. And again, the the picture of the triangle comes to mind of living a proactive, intentional life with those around us, uh, where we can actually be responsive to God, who's at the top of the triangle, God through me to others, so that I can go to others to seek to lift them up, and also in a reciprocal way to receive from others that they might lift me up and together we can actually have that synergy of uh, change and of strength. Visions 2020 with Neil Johnson, a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Well, our special guest this hour is Dr. John Warlow. He's a psychiatrist and he knows things about our mind. And as a Christian psychiatrist, Dr. John Warlow is especially well-equipped to talk about issues around the mind and the spirit. 
And so I want to invite you to be part of our conversation today and I've opened our talkback lines on 1-800-316-316. You might have your own thoughts. You might have your own story to tell about how you went through crisis alone and what difference it makes when you go through crisis together with another. You might have another dimension in all of that going through a crisis without God and going through a crisis with God. Uh, 1-800-316-316 to be part of our conversation today. John Warlow, let's talk for a few moments about our own personal sense of value because a lot of the way that we have our purpose or our personal values wrapped up in our career uh, or in our possessions. Sometimes it's in, uh, you know, uh, well, for, you know, Probably you've had this problem, John, you know, your good looks uh, or your uh, wonderful personality. You know, sometimes our whole value is wrapped up in these sorts of issues. What are your thoughts for uh, this issue around how we identify what's personally valuable to us? Uh, Because when it's stripped away, that's when it really matters. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, uh, our value comes in a way from three sources. Uh, one is indeed those around us, um, and that's uh, particularly our workplace or school, um, and secondly is our family and friends. Church also um, can have a really critical role in terms of uh, helping or actually uh, impacting in not such a good way our value. So firstly, from the outside. Uh, Secondly, is actually from ourselves. Uh, And if we have been brought up uh, uh, from a background where there wasn't value uh, put onto us from the outside, then we ourselves are going to struggle with that. My story, Neil, is that I virtually didn't have anyone around me as I was being brought up in India as a missionary kid. Um, I was basically brought up by a nanny. Uh, and then I was sent away to boarding school, which was four days travel away from my parents. That was the thing which was done there. And I had nobody to put value into me. So it wasn't surprising at the age of seven. Then I went to the third and third, the primary source of value, um, who is Christ. And it's that value from him uh, receiving his love uh, is so central. And um, so I've struggled at times when I'm not going well to receive his love. Um, when I'm feeling I'm falling, failing, uh, not, not doing the right thing or whatever. But I've learned more and more that through it all, uh, I can trust in him. I can come to him just as I am, and to receive his love. And that's had a huge impact on me, particularly in areas of shame, shame. Because when we don't have value for ourselves, shame can really set set in. And we as Christians have a tremendous advantage of that threefold source of value. (laughs) God, others, But also we need to play a part, thirdly as well, we need to play a part in receiving who God says we are, receiving his love and receiving the love of others and also really maybe trying to make sure 
that we maybe at times distance ourselves a bit from those who um, really put us down and devalue us, if at all possible. Let's just explore this for a few moments. Uh, This idea of being distanced, and uh, you describe your own story, isolated, lonely, uh, no one to actually sow that value into you. Uh, Even some of the terminology going around now, I know you've had some concerns around thoughts about social distancing and self-isolation. For the the psychiatrist's mind, those things ring alarm bells. Uh, What are your concerns about those sorts of terminologies that we keep using? I think words do matter, and um, as you know, I put on the bottom of my emails that that phrase that uh, think think about this that uh, about social distancing and self isolation instead of physical distancing and self quarantine. We know what it means by social distancing, but this is a time in our lives where um, we actually need to have social connection and self-connection as well, um, rather than social distancing. Yeah, physical distancing at this time, it's really important that we keep up the 1.5 metres at this time, eight days in Queensland or nine days, whatever, without coronavirus, which is is great. Um, This is a time more than ever that we need to have social connection, Secondly, personal connection. And thirdly, but most important, God connection to get through this. Interesting, isn't it, that those words are not likely to fall out of our vocabulary easily because they're being used so widely, social distancing and self-isolation. But when we hear those words from now on, something might in our minds just Uh, move to the idea that physical distancing and self-quarantine are a better terminology to use because those other two words, social distancing and self-isolation, actually speak against what we are as human beings because we are social creatures. And uh, isolation has all sorts of damaging effects on us. And you started to describe some of those, John. But uh, but for some people, isolation leads to depression and depression on to even worse. Uh, what are your thoughts about just uh, this issue of isolation and the, uh, the, the effects of it on our, it, our lives? It, yeah, thanks, uh, Neil. And it is so central if we go to through this time and so, so, so social distancing and self-isolation, we are cactus, we're done. Uh, it's just not going to work. We cannot do without others. I am an introvert. <laughs> uh, yeah. I love my alone time. Um, however, I also really need uh, that social connection where people can connect with me and as they connect with me, they reach into my heart to that place of love and value, which is the core of our heart. And they actually allow my love organ to grow. And in growing my love organ, and as I receive that, I can actually, now this might sound bizarre, actually be more able to receive the love from God. Why? Because my love organ is more functional. Um, And so this is this whole thing of 
physical distancing and self-quarantine should be rather than social distancing and self-isolation should become quite part of our language. And Neil, I just really encourage Vision Radio to use those words, physical distancing, self-quarantine, rather than social distancing and self-isolation. <laughs> I don't know whether that'll work perfectly well because we're reflecting often, you know, what's coming through in the news and uh, I don't think social distancing's <laughs> likely to change except to say that hopefully uh, that in a conversation like this we might appreciate that there is something that could be for some a little more damaging and uh, then there are some different ways that we might think about how we're relating with our families because you know physical distancing is important even now still in our families but as you say social distancing is damaging and we need to be able to discern what that means to keep a physical distance and yet at the same time to keep a social interaction alive. Uh, John Warlow, let's take a call. Barbara is on the line from Adelaide in South Australia. Hello, Barbara. Welcome. Hello. Barbara, what are your thoughts for our conversation today? Yes, um, I, um, as a young person, uh, went to youth group. um, That's many years ago. Uh, And um, when I was 14, I felt a call to um, be involved in mission work um, and where this verse um, that you've shared this morning came in um, was um, uh, I met my husband at a youth group and uh, we married. Um, he didn't know that I had a call to the mission field. Um, so, um, But before we were married, he, um, he had his own experience at the altar in church um, and um, thought that he was going to go to the mission field on his own with or with other uh, men, but um, he realised then that I had been called as well, so we went to the mission field. But what I want to say about that verse is that uh, one of the verses, it's one of the verses that was written in a wedding card that um, was given to us that we held on to all through our our lives, um, yeah, so um, so we ended up going to Papua New Guinea um, for 10, 11 years and, um, and came back, went to Mount Gambia, pastored there. We then went to the Ukraine for three years and um, came back from there and went to uh, Narakort uh, in the southeast of South Australia for 18 years um, until my husband... Yeah, he passed away in wow. 2018. Barbara, um, but great great that, to hear you sharing those things because yeah. when you say you have one aspiration and, uh, you know, God is in the picture and you feel you're called to the mission field, he provides the second person, uh, your husband, and uh, had to have his own experience in that sense with God and to have his own call. But but then the two of you together, just uh, no doubt a mighty force. Let's get a thought or two from Dr. John Warlow. John, uh, what are your thoughts for Barbara? Barbara, we honour you. Uh, it's just wonderful story of here you are individually allowing Christ to be the center of your life, you and your husband, you from the age of 14. How is that? And then I love what you say. Not only was it a verse at the wedding uh, given to you on one of your um, 
cards there and what a wonderful wedding present but it was something now listen to this audio listeners you held on to something you held on to and that threefold cord becomes a very strong rope to hold on to and right through PNG, Mount Gambia, Ukraine, Southeast Australia and now with the loss of your heart and I, you know, I pray that uh, I mean that while while he's gone, so much deposit has been left in your heart from that threefold cord. Firstly, and that you're able uh, to actually have find another friend. Not not I'm not talking about getting married necessarily, uh, but have another friend who you can have that threefold cord, which you've just um, shown so well, which has lasted so many years. Bless you, and we honour you, Mar- uh, Barbara. Certainly do, Barbara. Thank you so much for calling in and sharing that because. And your your program has blessed me so much. A friend um, told me about it just three weeks ago and it has been just such a blessing to have it on. Wow, and so you're a relatively new listener as well, but uh, just uh, great to hear your story. And let's not pretend that going through mission experiences in all of those contexts that you had was in any way easy. And uh, I certainly wouldn't underestimate uh, some of the challenges that you and your husband went through. And because you had that a common faith uh, together, a common calling together, then you were able to go through uh, all of the challenges that that would have brought about. Barbara, thank you so much for your call. At 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation. 1-800-316-316. Our talkback line is open. Uh, John, let's talk through this idea, this, uh, this connection that we have Uh, which is the glue between couples, the glue between families, the glue between communities. We can can broaden this right out. Uh, Having God in there as the third strand is such a a strengthening to relationships. Uh, Take us into this idea of how this social connection is so vital. Uh, and so much research undergirds what you're saying there um, in ter- terms of the incredible importance of connection uh, in the context of disaster and indeed in the context of COVID. Uh, we have to have that connection. And wh- why is that so important? Because it feeds our heart. It Feeds, feeds our heart, firstly. It uh, goes right into the sense of who we are and a sense of value, which can be God-centered self-esteem. God-centered self-esteem. And with that value, that then undergirds and is the foundation then for us to be able to love others as we receive love from God, others, and ourselves, just like in that great commandment, Mark 12, 30, and 31, then so likewise we can love others. And in fact, we can go from the great commandment to the new commandment in John uh, John 12, where Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you. And we have that greater capacity to have that proactive, intentional initiative where we can actually, where it can be God through you to others, God through you to others, and to receive the same from others. And this connection then becomes the foundation for us to be able to understand ourselves 
each other and God. And it's in that understanding that confusion can can disappear. This is a terribly confusing time, but underneath it all, in the depths of our heart, we don't need to have that confusion penetrate our heart as we guard our hearts. And it's from that in the context of a of a loved heart, of a heart of faith and a heart of uh, clarity that we can grow and have a strong heart. And that's the rationale for the importance of connection and the word glue, which is just so good, Neil. Absolutely right. So we love God, love one another. Let's take this even another dimension deeper here and into when we talk about challenging times ahead. I mean, what we're talking about here is losing jobs, uh, potentially losing houses. Uh, we're talking about losing friends. We're, we're talking about all sorts of really dreadful things that can come along with an economic recession. But let's just bring this right down to a personal level here, John. The idea of holding hands, uh, of hugging, of listening to our other person and and this could be listening right across the board not even just in a sort of a a close romantic relationship here but talking things through these are like the ways that we soothe one another and if you're facing the sorts of isolation pressures detachment then these ideas of soothing one another are going to be important, aren't they, uh, when it comes down to the nitty-gritty? It's going to be so important, and a couple of things come to my mind here. And from that passage in Ecclesiastes 4, um, it says that where two people can accomplish more than twice as much um, as one, and that they can go further and uh, and not get into so much trouble is that as we hold hands, as we stick with, um, and as we stick to other people with that glue, we've got much greater capacity to go through this. Uh, The example in Ephesians 6 of the battle, when it says, stand in the evil day and having done all, to stand. It's the imagery of the Roman soldier who was not on his own. And they stood shield to shield, as it were, hand to hand. And it's in that uh, that there is much strength. Um, And um, indeed, in that Ecclesiastes passage, it says, a person standing alone can be attacked, overpowered and defeated, but two can defend themselves, stand back to back and conquer. And uh, it is that um, being together that we synergize, we have, as it says in, in Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9, we can accomplish more together, uh, more twice more together than just if we are on our own. And it's that which will give us strength to see through this time, regardless of what's happening outside in terms of houses, finance, and other relationships, the critical thing is that we abide in him and we are hold hands with one other person at least. 
And I guess this idea of uh, talking to one another, uh, being a listening ear, sometimes we are the ones who need to have the listening ear to our own concerns. Uh, Sometimes we are the listening ear to others. This is where I think it gets very important because what happens in those sorts of conversations, John, is the reinforcement that you are cared for, that you are valued. And uh, and I imagine that there's another dimension we can take this into as well, because, you know, for people who are in our workplace and even we're challenged in our own homes about the hugging and and holding of hands, I mean, these things uh, ought not to be happening in the same idea as the social distancing if we're going to protect ourselves uh, if a pandemic spikes in our community. But but generosity, uh, another way that you can connect without actually physically touching, uh, how do you see this idea of the strength in relationship because we have determined to be generous towards one another? Um. Uh, two two things. Firstly, being generous in listening. Being generous in listening. It says, pay attention. Pay attention. And paying attention can be expensive. It can actually be hard to do that. Um, but it's as we pay attention, as we listen to someone, um, as we say, hey, where are you? Where are you not just in terms of uh, what we illustrate by the square, struggling right through the flourishing, but also where are you with God? Yeah, you're born again, but how's that going in your life? But not just that question, where are you? Which is like a, what we call a square question. The only people need to refer to the book, um, which you have in your um, store, but also a circle question, which is how are you? And that's the circles of all of us. How are you not just socially? How are you not just physically, but also in your heart? And how are you in the depths of your being spiritually? Um, and as we pay attention and be generous in that payment, firstly, then that retake. Us up a massive step, undergirded by connection, to be able to um, to be able to to grow. In fact, we say in living wholeness, C plus U equals R. Connection plus understanding equals the capacity to respond to what we need to. Uh, firstly, uh, that the importance of being generous and paying attention. Secondly, is just being generous in whatever. Um, And it brings back that phrase of God through you. And God doesn't bypass us, but it is GTY, God through you. And to be proactive, intentional, even when the other person might not be there for us as much as we need. Um, that uh, Maybe our wife, our, our friend, um, uh, whatever. But to, And even at the place of work, to be intentional. Uh, and it says this in Ephesians about virtually, yeah, bosses love you. Uh, love your workmen and workmen. Uh, uh, love your bosses and, and putting it in a very ordinary way, but ha- having that intentional initiative which comes from God and being generous in that is going to be so powerful at this time. Wow. So generous in our own families, generous to those in our workplace, whether you are the boss or whether you are an employee, that generosity is going to be very helpful. And uh, especially since uh, there are going to be people who are close to us who are going to be 
hit hard by uh, the issues around an economic recession and the tough times that will come. And sometimes you can't see what people are going through because they've got a brave face on, John. And I wonder whether, uh, is there anything that you ought to be looking for so that you can perhaps even enact this idea of uh, of generosity, of of uh, embrace uh, that can come because people have got a brave face on and they're all smiles, but underneath sometimes things are falling to pieces. Is there anything that you can, I mean, you just have to make that assumption. I guess you can't read everybody, can you? Um, such a good question, Neil. And as a adult child and family counselling psychiatrist, I've got the amazing privilege of actually providing a safe enough place for people to come and face themselves in the context of what's going around them and, and what's not going around them, particularly at this time where there is that that terrible word, social distancing, <laughs> where there is that sense of isolation, where people can't have that time going to church and actually, um, uh, and I'd really encourage um, anyone, if at all possible, to have face-to-face, 1.5 metres, mind you, small group connection in your church, if at all possible now. Um, and, um, yeah, to to be able uh, to do that. Neil, back to you. I'm starting to lose my train of thought here. <laughs> okay. Now, uh, well, while we talk about families and the idea of being the listening ear, of being connected, of uh, within your family, having those hugs that you can have and uh, holding hands uh, mm. when you're in that marriage relationship, but when you get to the workplace, uh, all of these things are going to be necessary as well because we need to embrace one another. For that person, John, though, who hasn't got family. They are isolated like you were telling your own story. They're feeling like they're distance and their own family is rejecting them for whatever reason. Uh, the idea of a church family, uh, that's a little bit like a, a replacement family for so many and some people feel closer to their friends in church life than they do to their own family. That actually, uh, it fills a big, a big void, doesn't it? It certainly does. And Neil, you brought me back on track as well. And um, it fills the massive void. It fills our heart where that love organ is, when we can actually connect with each other. But we can only really connect when we're prepared to be vulnerable and open. And when we face rather than save face. I had a privilege, Neil, on Saturday to be able to be on Zoom in an Asian country, I won't say which, with 502 people on Zoom. I never knew you could even do that. (laughs) But talking about the issue of facing rather than safe face, and then I unpack that and say we can only do that, and coming back to ourselves now from Asia, we can only do that um, uh, and receive that love from others, and as we can be honest and open if there is enough safety. And one of the big things which we need to do in church, and um, indeed I have the privilege of being part of Hillsong, we're doing a small four-night uh, four Wednesday in our school on personal wholeness, where we talk about safety, that connection is spelled safety. And A is for attitudes, and to be able to provide safe attitudes of care, confidentiality, and choice. F is for facing and having fun, and E is for empathy. 
tears for time. Why is you questions? Hey, how are you? As we just do that simple safety um, uh, acronym, which is in that Cure for Life book and probably on the website livingwholeness.org, uh, that's a way whereby we can help people to have enough safety to face what's about to come and to rather than to save face. And I'd encourage anyone, if you're feeling alone, try and be really careful about those who don't provide that safety for you personally. But secondly is try and find someone where you can have that safety. And if there is no one, go to your, go to your GP. Well, I hope your church is a place where you can have some safety. I hope that the church is the safest place on earth you and I think Larry Crabb wrote a book on that um, uh, but also if all else fails which sounds terrible doesn't it yeah and uh, I mean I hope you can feel safe with God God you are my rock of safety um, but go to your GP if all else fails and even then go to a psychologist get a mental health plan don't be alone this well, time okay well uh, isn't it good to be able to offer those options and uh, as Christians John we're aware that it's not just God that we go to but I suspect that you would be affirming that he is the priority and and because of that priority we can then find some ways that down the pecking order a little as you say you know where do you find help go to your local church or go to your GP or go to a psychologist find someone that can be a connecting point with you because Things are going to get tough. And I don't think we're just being pessimistic or negative in saying that. I think we're reflecting what the reality is coming towards later this year, especially around September. And uh, families are going to be affected. I mean, sometimes people are going to be saying, well, we've run out of money. Where do we get it from? They're going to go to family members. And as you know, that creates its own tensions. Uh, Some families are going to have to change their plans. Uh, Some families are going to have to sell the family home. Uh, some kids are going to have to switch schools because, hey, we couldn't afford to send them to the private school anymore. Uh, vacations cancel, all sorts of things that are going to be pressurising families. And so the idea of the, the three-strand cord of being able to appreciate and love one another is going to keep us strong in those times. And the effects of a recession... Uh, on families can last longer than the duration of the financial impact of a recession. And so the challenge there to be strong in our families. And let me just uh, point to those books that we were mentioning, because uh, Dr. John Warlow uh, did say, John, they're available in the Vision Store. So uh, there's something that's easy to read, uh, great little diagrams that help you to understand how our mind, how our spirit works And uh, the two we were talking about, The Cure for Life Part 1, which is all about God-centered transformation, and The Cure for Life Part 2, which is about God-centered relationships. You can get those in the Vision Store. Dr. John Warlow, uh, just great getting your insights. Uh, I, you know, just to draw attention to the Facebook question I was asking, uh, does having a Christian companion make it easier to navigate through tough times? Uh, I suspect uh, we all knew from the beginning that it would be a fairly straightforward one. And 98% of listeners are saying, yes, of course, that helps. Uh, 2% though say no. And that might mean that, you know, they're thinking that, you know, it's sometimes it's harder to go with two when you can be agile being a one. But John Warlow, 
thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020. Thank you, Neil, and I hope people don't do it alone, but they do it in the strong threefold chord of that triangle. Thanks, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 